This is day 156 of our daily Bible reading. We will be reading Jeremiah chapters 30 through 34. Lord God, you have loved us with an everlasting love. Your plans are for peace for us. Your plans are for prosperity, love, and success. You have promised these things to us if we simply obey you. If we put you as number one in our lives, and we surrender all and follow you. You didn't promise that there would be no persecution. You didn't promise that there would be no trouble. But you would make it worth it, Lord, because you are worth it. Lord, help us to see this better today as we explore your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Write all the words which I have spoken to you in a book. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. The Lord says, I will also bring them back to the land that I gave to their forefathers, and they shall possess it. Now these are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus says the Lord, I have heard a sound of terror, of dread, and there is no peace. Ask now, and see if a male can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in childbirth? And why have the, all their faces turned pale? Alas, for that day is great, there is none like it. And it is the time of Jacob's distress, but he will be saved from it. It shall come about on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off their neck, and I will tear off their bonds, and strangers will no longer make them their slaves. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant declares the Lord, and do not be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar, and your offspring from the land of their captivity. And Jacob will return, and will be quiet and at ease, and no one will make him afraid. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you, for I will completely destroy all the nations where I have scattered you, only I will not destroy you completely, but I will chasten you justly, and will by no means leave you unpunished. For thus says the Lord, Your wound is incurable, and your injury is serious. There is no one to plead your cause, no healing for your sore, no recovery for you. All your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, with the punishment of a cruel one, because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous. Why do you cry out over your injury? Your pain is incurable, because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous. I have done these things to you. Therefore, all who devour you will be devoured, and all your adversaries every one of them, will go into captivity. And those who plunder you will be for plunder. And all who prey upon you I will give for prey. For I will restore you to health, and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. Because they have called you an outcast, saying, It is Zion. No one cares for her. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob, and have compassion on his dwelling places. And the city will be rebuilt on its ruin, and the palace will stand on its rightful place. From them will proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of those who celebrate. And I will multiply them, and they will not be diminished. I will also honor them, and they will not be insignificant. Their children also will be as formerly, and their congregation shall be established before me, 
and I will punish all their oppressors. Their leader shall be one of them, and their ruler shall come forth from their midst, and I will bring him near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare to risk his life to approach me, declares the Lord? You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Behold, the tempest of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a sweeping tempest. It will burst on the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and until he has accomplished the intent of his heart. In the latter days you will understand this. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when it went to find its rest. The Lord appeared to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. Again I will build you, and you will be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. Again you will take up your tambourines, and go forth to the dances of the merrymakers. Again you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The planters will plant and will enjoy them. And there will be a day when watchmen on the hills of Ephraim call out, Arise, and let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I am bringing them from the north country, and I will gather them from the remote parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, the woman with child, and she who is in labor with child, together. A great company, they will return here. With weeping they will come, and by supplication I will lead them. I will make them walk by streams of water, on a straight path in which they will not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare in the coastlands afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and redeemed him from the hand of him who was stronger than he. They will come and shout for joy on the height of Zion, and they will be radiant over the bounty of the Lord, over the grain and the new wine and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd, and their life will be like a watered garden and they will never languish again. Then the virgin will rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them and give them joy for their sorrow. I will fill the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children, because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord, and they will return from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future declares the Lord, and your children will return to their own territory. I have surely heard Ephraim grieving. You have chastised me, and I was chastised like an untrained calf. Bring me back, that I may be restored, for you are the Lord my God. For after I turned back, I repented, and after I was instructed, I smote on my thigh. I was ashamed and also humiliated, because I bore the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a delightful child 
Indeed, as often as I have spoken against him, I certainly still remember him. Therefore my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. Set up for yourselves road marks. Place for yourself guideposts. Direct your mind to the highway, the way by which you went. Return, O virgin of Israel. Return to these your cities. How long will you go here and there, O faithless daughter? For the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A woman will encompass a man. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Once again, they will speak this word in the land of Judah and in all its cities when I restore their fortunes. The Lord bless you, O abode of righteousness, O holy hill. Judah and all its cities will dwell together in it, the farmer and they who go about with flocks. For I satisfy the weary ones and refresh everyone who languishes. At this I awoke and looked, and my sleep was pleasant to me. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. As I have watched over them to pluck up, to break down, to overthrow, to destroy, and to bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. In those days they will not say again, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone will die for his own iniquity. Each man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again, each man his neighbor, and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day, and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel also will cease from being a nation before me, forever. Thus says the Lord, If the heavens above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out below, then I will also cast off all the offspring of Israel, for all that they have done, declares the Lord. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when the city will be rebuilt for the Lord from the tower of Hananel to the corner gate. The measuring line will go out farther straight ahead to the hill Gareb. Then it will turn to Goa. And the whole valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes, and all the fields as far as the brook Kidron, to the corner of the horse gate toward the east, shall be holy to the Lord. It will not be plucked up or overthrown any more forever. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. Now at that time the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the guard, 
which was in the house of the king of Judah, because Zedekiah, king of Judah, had shut him up, saying, Why do you prophesy, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am about to give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he will take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, will not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but he will surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. And he will speak with him face to face and see him eye to eye. And he will take Zedekiah to Babylon, and he will be there until I visit him, declares the Lord. If you fight against the Chaldeans, you will not succeed. And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, is coming to you, saying, Buy for yourself my field, which is at Anathoth, for you have the right of redemption to buy it. Then Hanamel, the uncle's son, came to me in the court of the guard, according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Buy my field, please, that is at Anathoth, which is in the land of Benjamin. For you have the right of possession, and the redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. I bought the field, which was at Anathoth, from Hanamel, my uncle's son, and I weighed out the silver for him, seventeen shekels of silver. I signed and sealed the deed, and called in witnesses, and weighed out the silver on the scales. Then I took the deeds of purchase, both the sealed copy containing the terms and conditions, and the open copy, and I gave the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, the son of Masiah, in the sight of Hanamel, my uncle's son, and in the sight of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, before all the Jews who were sitting in the court of the guard. And I commanded Baruch in their presence, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, the sealed deed and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware jar, that they may last a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Houses and fields and vineyards will again be bought in this land. After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, then I prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you who shows loving kindness to thousands, but repays the iniquity of fathers into the bosom of their children after them. O great and mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name, great in counsel and mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men, giving to everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds who has set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, and even to this day, both in Israel and among mankind. And you have made a name for yourself, as at this day. You brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt, with signs and with wonders, and with a strong hand, and with an outstretched arm, and with great terror, and gave them this land, which you swore to their forefathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. They came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey your voice or walk in your law. They have done nothing of all that you commanded them to do. Therefore you have made all this calamity come upon them. Behold, the siege ramps have reached the city to take it, and the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans who fight against it because of the sword, the famine, and the pestilence. And what you have spoken has come to pass, and behold, you see it. You have said to me, O Lord God, buy for yourself the field with money and call in witnesses, although the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. 
Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am about to give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will take it. The Chaldeans who are fighting against this city will enter and set this city on fire and burn it. With the houses where people have offered incense to Baal on their roofs and poured out drink offerings to other gods to provoke me to anger. Indeed, the sons of Israel and the sons of Judah have been doing only evil in my sight from their youth. For the sons of Israel have been only provoking me to anger by the work of their hands, declares the Lord. Indeed, this city has been to me a provocation of my anger and my wrath from the day that they built it, even to this day, so that it should be removed from before my face, because of all the evil of the sons of Israel and the sons of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger. They, their kings, their leaders, their priests, their prophets, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they have turned their back to me and not their face, though I taught them, teaching again and again. They would not listen and receive instruction. But they put their detestable things in the house which is called by my name to defile it. They built the high places of Baal that are in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire to Molech which I had not commanded them, nor had it entered into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Now therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning this city, of which you say it is given into the hand of the king of Babylon by sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out of all the lands which I have driven them in my anger, in my wrath and in great indignation. And I will bring them back to this place and make them dwell in safety. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, and they may fear me always, for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not take away from them, to do them good. I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. I will rejoice over them to do them good and will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. For thus says the Lord, Just as I brought all this great disaster on this people, so I am going to bring on them all the good that I am promising them. Fields will be bought in this land, of which you say, It is a desolation, without man or beast. It is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Men will buy fields for money, sign and seal deeds, and call in witnesses in the land of Benjamin, in the environs of Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the lowland, and in the cities of the Negev. For I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time, while he was still confined in the court of the guard, saying, Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. For thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, who are broken down to make a defense against the siege ramps and against the sword. While they are coming to fight with the Chaldeans, and to fill them with the corpses of men whom I have slain in my anger and in my wrath, and I have hidden my face from this city because of all their wickedness, behold, I will bring to it 
health and healing, and I will heal them, and I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel, and will rebuild them as they were at first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned against me, and by which they have transgressed against me. It will be to me a name of joy, praise, and glory before all the nations of the earth, which will hear of all the good that I will do for them. And they will fear and tremble because of all the good and all the peace that I make for it. Thus says the Lord, Yet again there will be heard in this place, of which you say, It is a waste, without man and without beast, that is, in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant and without beast, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who say, Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting and of those who bring a thank-offering into the house of the Lord. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, There will be again in this place, which is waste, without man or beast, and in all its cities, a habitation of shepherds who rest their flocks. In the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the lowland, in the cities of the Negev, in the land of Benjamin, in the environs of Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, the flocks will again pass under the hands of the one who numbers them, says the Lord. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priests shall never lack a man before me to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to prepare sacrifices continually. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, If you can break my covenant for the day, and my covenant for the night, so that day and night will not be at their appointed time, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant, so that he will not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levitical priests, my ministers. As the host of heaven cannot be counted, and the sand of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of David, my servant, and the Levites who minister to me. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Have you not observed what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord chose, he has rejected them? Thus they despise my people, no longer are they as a nation in their sight. Thus says the Lord, If my covenant for day and night stand not, in the fixed patterns of heaven and earth I have not established, then I would reject the descendants of Jacob and David my servant, not taking from his descendants rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I will restore their fortunes, and will have mercy on them. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, when Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and all his army, with all the kingdoms of the earth that were under his dominion, and all the peoples were fighting against Jerusalem 
and against all its cities, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he will burn it with fire. You will not escape from his hand, for you will surely be captured and delivered into his hand, and you will see the king of Babylon face to face, and he will speak with you eye to eye, and you will go to Babylon. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord concerning you, You will not die by the sword. You will die in peace. And as spices were burned for your fathers, the former kings who were before you, so they will burn spices for you, and they will lament for you. Alas, Lord, for I have spoken the word, declares the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet spoke all these words to Zedekiah, king of Judah, in Jerusalem, when the army of the king of Babylon was fighting against Jerusalem and against all the remaining cities of Judah, that is, Lachish and Azekah. For they alone remained as fortified cities among the cities of Judah. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people who were in Jerusalem to proclaim release to them, that each man should set free his male servant and each man his female servant, a Hebrew man and or a Hebrew woman, so that no one should keep them, a Jew his brother, in bondage. And all the officials and all the people obeyed who had entered into the covenant that each man should set free his male servant and each man his female servant, so that no one should keep them any longer in bondage. They obeyed and set them free. But afterward they turned around and took back the male servants and the female servants whom they had set free, and brought them into subjection for male servants and for female servants. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I made a covenant with your forefathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, saying, At the end of seven years each of you shall set free his Hebrew brother, who has been sold to you and has served you six years. You shall send him out free from you. But your forefathers did not obey me or incline their ear to me. Although recently you had turned and done what is right in my sight, each man proclaiming release to his neighbor, and you had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name, yet you turned and profaned my name, and each man took back his male servant and each man his female servant, whom you had set free according to their desire, and brought them into subjection to be your male servants and female servants. Therefore, thus says the Lord, You have not obeyed me in proclaiming release, each man to his brother and each man to his neighbor. Behold, I am proclaiming a release to you, declares the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, and will make you a terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not fulfilled the words of the covenant which they made before me, when they cut the calf in two and passed between its parts, the officials of Judah and the officials of Jerusalem, the court officers and the priests, and then all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf, I will give them into the hand of their enemies and to the hand of those who seek their life and their dead bodies will be food for the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth. Zedekiah king of Judah and his officials I will give into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life, and into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon, which has gone away from you. Behold, I am going to command, 
declares the Lord, and I will bring them back to this city, and they will fight against it and take it and burn it with fire. And I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant. Today was a long reading, but some again, very good stuff. There's no waste in God's word, and we need to accept it with gladness. A lot of what we read today, again, seems repetitive because God is proclaiming his judgment and his decisions to the nation multiple times. And you would think with the multiple times that he's doing it, it would start to sink in with these people, but it's not. And they're continuing the same pattern of destruction that they have already been practicing. That's all they know. That's all that they want to do. They obey God to his face, and then in their secret practices, they do everything contrary to that. He brings this to light multiple times over the course of the prophets. And today is no exception. So, of all the judgments that he proclaims against this land, he has just as many, if not even more, promises of restoration. There's hope, people. There is hope for you. God has had mercy on you. There will be a period of time you will go through this. But those who are obedient and those who are worthy will come back to the land after 70 years. But Jeremiah is also here and there, not nearly as much as Isaiah, but every so often he will jump into the future. He'll jump into the end times, millennial kingdom restoration, but it's not often. Most of this is literal for after the 70-year exile. But he promises multiple times that he will break off their yoke break off their chains, and that he will restore the land to what it was formerly, and then some. Just like he says in chapter 30, verse 8, It shall come about on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off their neck, and will tear off their bonds, and strangers will no longer make them their slaves. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Who do you think he's talking about here? He's talking about Jesus Christ, obviously, because David has been dead for hundreds of years at this point. So they're not talking about literal King David. They're talking about someone from his lineage, because God did promise, and he reminded us of this promise later on, that there would never be a man lacking on the throne from the family of David. And we know this to be the completion of that through Jesus Christ, who is the final son of David, who reigns forever, because he is king of kings and lord of lords. So some of this here in verse 8, you, you can get the idea that on that day, he says that a lot, days are coming, there is a day coming, and that day is again the day of the Lord. It's talking about a future event. Now it does also mention there will be times that it refers to the restoration of the exile, but most of it is referring to the end times when he mentions that particular day, which is the day of the Lord. Chapter 30 also promises the coming of the Messiah. He promises that he will restore Israel to be its own nation, and he does. It's still under the oppression of the Romans, but it's still a nation. But then in verse 20, he changes directions. Their children will also be as formerly, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all their oppressors. So this is where you can get some of the reason why the Jewish people were looking for a political Messiah. They were looking for one that was going to come and deliver the people from the hand of some oppressive ruler, which was the Romans at that time. And so that was what they expected from Jesus. They expected Jesus to be a political messiah, and it was way beyond that, though. Verse 21, Their leader shall be one of them, and their ruler shall come forth from their midst. Jesus came out of the land of Israel. 
he was a Jew. And I will bring him near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare to risk his life to approach me? That's a very interesting statement. Who would dare risk his life to approach me? Thinking about the covenant that David had with God in the restoration of his lineage. That is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is going to approach his father, and he is going to stand up and be the perfect sacrifice so that he can rule forever and save his people forever. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. There's that almost like a branding. You get that illustration in the Hebrew of like a branding. You know, that's what we do with cattle, right? Or that's what we do with sheep. We clip a little something on the ear of sheep to show them who they belong to. Or with a cow, you would brand them to show who their owner is. In the same way, we Christians are branded by the Holy Spirit. And it's something that cannot be taken away. And so that's the kind of ownership we're talking about here. And I like how he says this as well in verse 24. The fierce anger of the Lord will not be turned back until he has performed and until he has accomplished the intent of his heart. He's going to fulfill everything he said he would do. And then he says this, In the latter days you will understand this. You will look back and it will make sense to you. He promises that. Chapter 31 has a couple of memorable verses in here that we should always remember. Especially verse 3. The Lord appeared to him from afar. And he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. He's talking to us. He is talking not, not only to the nation of Israel that he loves them, but he also is talking to us. Because from long ago, he has chosen us and he has drawn us to him. We don't find God. God finds us. And he changes us in such a powerful way. So beyond the return from the exile, he also talks about a new covenant that is promised here. And this is near the end of the chapter. And we see that mostly in verse 31. And this is more for us. We are included in this promise as Gentiles. Behold, days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not a, not a literal nation of Judah and Israel, but also the Gentiles are included in this. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand, the covenant which they broke, even though I was a husband to them. Very interesting language. This is not the first time God has used the dynamic between a husband and a wife in relation to him and his covenant people. But here he uses it as a reminder of who he is and how he views himself with, in relation to Israel. I was a husband to them, and they were an adulterous wife to me. And yet even so, I will be their kinsman redeemer, and I will bring forth my son to save them. So he's going to make a new covenant, it says. We see through verse 33, I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's exactly what the salvation that we see today is. That's the Holy Spirit indwelling a person, transforming them, and they understand their nature has been changed as well. Because God has written a new law into their heart. That's why we no longer belong to the world. We are in it, but we're not of the world. Because we are transformed by God. Now, now it jumps to the future time, verse 34. They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother to know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. And I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Amen. Then in chapter 32, we see this illustration of what God has in store for Israel 
by an, by something that happened to Jeremiah. While he was in the court of the guard, which was in the king's palace environment in Jerusalem, we see that there's a man of, that is a relative of his that has him buy a field that is in Anathoth, which is where he's from. And he buys it. And they did it the proper way, as is prescribed in the law of Moses. But what's interesting about this is why. Why do all this? And I'm sure the people looking on were wondering the same thing. Why do all of this if Babylon is just going to cart us away? Why do all this if we think God is just going to destroy us? This seems like a pointless thing. Why? Why are we doing this? God uses this as an illustration. Because after all this happens, and he says in verse 15, For thus says the Lord, houses and fields and vineyards will again be bought in this land. To show that this is only temporary. One day, this will be a prosperous land again. And you just see in verse 16, Jeremiah is just overwhelmed. And he actually seems to have some second thoughts. He has some second thoughts about why he bought the property, but you just see how he is just gushing and just showing the Lord how much he trusts him and how great he is. Such majesty and such power that God demonstrates. And so you see that all of that overwhelming emotion that Jeremiah comes across And then, beginning of verse 26, the Lord reminds Jeremiah that he's in control and that he will cause this land to prosper again. He has to remind even Jeremiah because Jeremiah forgets. Doesn't he do that with us? Doesn't he have to constantly, and that's why this judgment is said over and over and over in different ways and the restoration over and over and over in different ways because he wants us to make sure we understand because we are a stubborn people. We are not intelligent like he is. And so he has to constantly remind us because we want to wander off and we want to doubt. So with all the times that he said it, it better come true or he's not God, you know? That's what it's coming down to. If everything I'm saying does not come to pass, then I'm not God. But I am, and that's why it's going to happen. And that's why you need to believe my words. And yet... The nation of Israel has not. And that's why they're in the predicament they're in. Chapter 33 begins with the very memorable verse in verse 2. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. God is the source of all wisdom. And so if we want to know things, if we want knowledge and wisdom, we need to go to the source. He has so much that he could teach us. And there are so many things that in our own strength are inaccessible to us. That's why I think personally people can run into this Bible and read it and not be changed by it because God has not revealed himself to them. He has shut them off from the wellspring of knowledge. It is not possible to understand everything in the Bible with human wisdom. It's not. Only God can teach us that. So I think that's why some people can read it and say, well, it was a good book of stories, but it's just all fiction, because God is not in their learning process. Maybe because they went into it with just complete doubt to begin with. We don't know. But it's all in God's timing and it is in his divine will. So again, he promises that the covenant that he made with David will be established by bringing in a righteous branch, which we see in verse 15. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. So again, this is talking about the future events that are going to happen in the end times. Chapter 34, 
is where Jeremiah again is going to predict that Jerusalem will fall and Zedekiah will be captive in Babylon, but he's not going to die a miserable wretch. His death will be marked by a proper burial, like a king should be buried. So he has that to look forward to, if that means anything to him. But Zedekiah still doesn't believe anything that's going on. He convinced the people, like we see here in beginning in verse 8, he convinced these people to release their slaves and hopefully maybe try to impress God by getting some relief from this siege that they're in. But the people, in their typical way, decided to take the slaves back. And then he uses the illustration of how Egypt did the same thing. And you are no better than Egypt where you came from. He says that in beginning in verse 12, I made a covenant with your forefathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. And I told them that they can only have a slave for seven years. And then you release them and you haven't obeyed me. It's also like he's also reminding them that you were slaves in Egypt. And every time that I had Moses and Aaron tell Pharaoh to let my people go, he looked like he was going to, and then he changed his mind. You're doing the same hypocrisy. You're no better than your original masters. But I have redeemed you, Israel, and I will do what I feel I need to do in judgment. So it is going to come upon you, and it is not going to be pretty. You broke my covenants, and therefore I must act. I am your husband, and I need to act appropriately. And that's where we see it being left off. We're not done yet because Jeremiah is still going to try to get through to some of the other kings, like Jehoiakim, for example, and they're not going to listen to him either. So we'll see that in the next couple of days. But for now, that's all that I have. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.